This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Well, thank you, Brother Ed, for leading us in our songs this morning and for teaching our Bible class, uh, adult Bible class. Uh, your class was a huge benefit to our congregation here. We really, really appreciate your service to the kingdom here. I want to say good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest and you're always welcome to this church whenever the doors are open. As was mentioned in our announcements, we have a visitor's card that is in the pew uh, and we ask that you would take that out and fill it out. And you can place that card in the box that we have in the foyer or pass that card to me or one of our shepherds. We'd love to have a record of your attendance so that we can invite you back out to this church because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. Look, before I begin this morning, I got to tell you that I'm still on cloud nine. I, I, I don't know if... if Everyone was able to make it uh, to worship last week, but last week I got to baptize my daughter, Alayla, and we are just so excited for her and uh, her new journey in Christ. And Alayla wanted me to mention to you all, whoever sent cards, all of you who sent cards, she says, thank you so much for the cards. She really, really appreciates them. And also, I got to have my dad come out and preach for us, and he uh, he spoke very highly of our church, and I want to thank you for welcoming him here. Uh, he truly, truly enjoyed himself. So last week was just an amazing, amazing uh, Sunday for me. Uh, this week is an amazing one as well, and the reason why it's amazing is because we're starting a new sermon series. And listen to this, teens. It's entitled, What Are Those? Okay? So some of those teens know where we're going with that already, that title. What are those, okay? And we're doing something different uh, this Sunday. In your bulletin, you'll find a sermon outline. Yes, we hadn't done that in about two and a half years. Been able to avoid that. Um, but our dear sister Karen said, Jason, will you put an outline in our bulletin so that the youth who are now going to be in here with us can follow along? So I did just that. So you have sermon notes this morning so you can follow along with those. This morning, our new sermon series is entitled, What Are Those? And in this sermon series, I will attempt to flesh out some misconceptions about various roles within the church. So most of our congregation is made up of people who grew up attending a church of Christ, right? However, in this region, what I'm noticing is that we have many people that come and get involved with our church and place membership that don't have the same Church of Christ background that many of us do. So they come into our churches and they are full-fledged members here, but they don't necessarily understand our anatomy and physiology, if you will, our ecclesiology, our structure and function on how leadership works within our church. And I've had multiple conversations with new members that just don't understand. So during this sermon series, I really want to help clear up some misconceptions and give you some information that you uh, may know or may not know when it comes to how we operate as a church here 
the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. So today, in opening up our sermon series, I'd like to spend our time examining the role of the elder. The role of the elder. And we are blessed at our church to have six men of God to serve as our elders and it's an awesome, awesome thing to have six men serve in that capacity. So the question that we need to ask and answer this morning is, what, are the, what is their job uh, and what is our job serving under their leadership? Now, if you ever read through the pages of the New Testament, there are many descriptive names used in the Bible for this leadership position, all of which that have kind of different connotations just a little bit. So if you look at this slide, here are some of the descriptive terms that we use for this, this office or this leadership position within the church. The first term that we use and that you guys identify with readily is the term elder. And I appreciate Bill's comments as he came up this morning uh, talking about uh, an elder. So what is an elder by definition? An elder is one who is older in age. And I'll let you define what older in age is to you. Amen. But typically an elder, that term means someone who is older in age. And the first thing that we need to know in thinking about this role of elder, there is no uh, cutoff age requirement that we read in scripture about how old this person has to be, right? We don't, we don't see that in Scripture. However, we do know, according to Jewish customs, that a person was still considered a young man even up until the age of 40. So we think then that elders are those that are over that age, if you will. Okay? What other term do we see used in the Bible to describe this position? Well, we see the term shepherd. And I really appreciate this picture because in this picture we see a shepherd with his trusty dog looking over the sheep. And what is a shepherd? A shepherd is one who cares for a flock. We also see the term pastor used. And many of us who did not grow up in this Church of Christ environment, we hear that term pastor all the time. If, if, you, if you've worshipped at different churches, sometimes you would call the person that was standing behind the pulpit pastor. What is the term pastor? It's used very loosely today. But as we look at the pages of the New Testament, the term pastor simply means one who cares for and feeds sheep. Another term that we see is the term bishop, and that term means one who supervises and inspects. And we also see the term overseer, one who watches and directs the work of others. So like I said, we have six men at our church serving in this capacity, and these men are servants of the Lord and leaders of the sheep or the church at Mission Viejo. And we are so appreciative to have them working alongside with us here. First passage of scripture this morning is found in Numbers chapter 11 and verse number 16. And what I want to do is just give you a little history about how this office or this role became part of the church today, where it originated from and how it kind of worked. Numbers, 16, or Numbers 11 and verse number 16 says this. The Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people 
Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. So if we look at this passage of scripture to set the context, we know that God called Moses to deliver the people out of Egyptian bondage and slavery, right? So Moses goes, and you, you, you know the account there, the story there, the plague, so forth and so on. Moses begins to lead the people out of Egypt into the wilderness. And Moses, at this time, was the sole leader of a million-plus people, all by himself, And you remember the passages in in Scripture in chapter 10 and the beginning of chapter 11 where all the people did, the children of Israel, all they did all the time was complain about the hardships or the difficulties they were experiencing. And God got so fed up with the people that the Scripture says he opened up fire from heaven and sent it down and burned them all up. Don't complain, right? (laughs) And then they were upset because of the manna that they were receiving. Remember that story? God brought some manna, and then they were saying, I'm sick of this manna. So God said, okay, I'm going to send you quail up to your eyeballs, right? So you remember the story. All they did was complain. And Moses said to God, Lord, why did you put me in charge of these people? All they do is fuss and fight and complain, and they're mad with me all the time. And all I'm trying to do is serve them. So God said to Moses, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find some elders over the different tribes of Israel and bring them together. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my spirit in them and they're going to help you lead the people. So from the very beginning, we see this term or this use or this role of elders even from the Old Testament, very important people. They were leaders and officials of their families and God began to use them. And another thing that we need to know about these elders is how they're selected. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28 says this, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. Paul, along with his companion Timothy, established a church in Ephesus. And the scripture says that they had to appoint elders in every church or in that church in particular. And Paul was giving his farewell speech. He wasn't going to see the people at this church anymore. And he was giving his farewell speech. And he said, elders, keep watch because the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So the first thing that we need to know about elders today is that they were chosen to serve this congregation through the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you are going, that's not how it worked. All we saw was a couple of them come up and then they put their hands on the other ones and now they're out. No, 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 no. We got to think deeper and bigger than that. The Holy Spirit has selected our six shepherds here at this church. And we always need to keep that in mind. This is the Holy Spirit's business. This is God's business. And that's why these men are here. The Holy Spirit was in charge of that. And I'm telling you, it's, it's the same way today. The Holy Spirit helps in the selection process of forming an eldership. And we thank God for that. Any of you been at churches where there is no eldership or wasn't an eldership? And you're still alive. Bless your heart, right? 
Y'all been to the men's business meetings before, right? You saw how it operated and functioned. We're so blessed to have men here to serve as our elders. I'm telling you, right? I'm telling you. And what we need to know about this role of elder is that it's a very difficult, difficult job. Amen? And our elders who are here this morning are probably saying, Amen. Amen to that. Hebrews 13 in verse number 17 says this. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Why? Because they keep watch over you as men who must give an account. And this passage is not just something that we can throw out or we just read over quickly. These men must give an account. And that's why the scripture says, obey them so that their work will be a huge burden. That's not what it says. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. You know why? Do you know why elders feel burdened in this leadership position? Well, because of this next picture. Oh, I'm sorry, the baby's crying. <laughs> Scary picture, I know, I know. Did you not know that sheep, <laughs> you can put it back, sheep, they have teeth and they bite. And Alayla said, what kind of sheep is this? I've never seen, right? And I, I'm, I'm playing with you here, but I tell you what, when it comes to our shepherds, sometimes we can be so mean, can't we? When it comes to each other as sheep, we can turn into this character right here, and we have to be careful not to do that because the Holy Spirit has made these men overseers of our church. But their work is a burden because sometimes we don't look like the peaceful sheep. We look like this. Okay, you can go to the next slide. Don't put that up anymore. It's scary. You know, most elders, as I spend time with them, as, uh, they, they serve during one tenure, right? Whatever that tenure is. Maybe it's 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And then I hear from them and, and, and they say, I would never serve in that capacity again. And you know some elders like that, don't you? I, I, I've been on the dusty trail, and I'm not going there anymore. And I empathize with them because it's a difficult job. I heard that, that, that being an elder is the hardest job that you could ever do in this, in this life. And that's why we cherish our leaders. The fondest memory I have of an elder in the church is a guy by the name of G. Wyatt Shaw. And Mary knows exactly who I'm talking about. G. Wyatt Shaw was an elder at the East Point Church of Christ in Atlanta, Georgia. And this man was an average sized man. He wasn't too tall, too short, but he had a nice head of, of, of gray hair or white hair. It was completely white. And I remember him being about 85 years old. He always wore a, wore a suit and tie. He always had a smile on his face, and he loved sweet tea because he was from the South. 
And this man had a love and a concern and a passion for the church. Whenever I was in town from, from, from break at Harding, he would invite me over to his home and we would just talk. And I got to spend time with him. And what I learned about G. Wyatt Shaw is that he was in a community in East Point, Atlanta, Georgia, that had changed. You see, East Point was a very affluent, well-off community at one point in Atlanta, Georgia. You had to have some good money to live there. But over the course of time, the community began to change, and G. Wyatt Shaw stayed there. His house was broken into numerous times. He was beaten in his very own home because it was broken into. The church that he served was vandalized on various occasions. And I said, Brother Shaw, why do you still continue to live in this community and care for the church that looks much different today than what it once was? He said, because I love God's people and I will never stop loving them. He didn't let us fear. He didn't let us fear destroy his passion for God's people. Elders, did you not know, are constantly beat up by the very people that they are trying to serve. And you think about that juxtaposition. Brother Shaw said, I'm not leaving. And I said, Brother Shaw, they're, they're, they're breaking into your home. They're mistreating you and your family. I'm not leaving. So the very people that he was trying to serve were the people that were trying to destroy him. Just doesn't make sense. And that's why serving as an elder is the toughest job that you could ever do. So the question that I want to pose to you today is, and try to flesh out is some practical knowledge, right? What do elders do? Now that we talked about this position, this role, what do, what do they do? What are they called to do? Well, number one, if you're taking notes, elders are called to care for church members. To care. If you think about the term shepherd or pastor, their job is to care for the flock. And guess what? We all have issues in our lives that we need help with, right? If you don't, you're lying. You need to repent. Amen. All of us have issues. Elders are called to help us carry our spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical burdens. And now you can see why that's a tough job. So they go to the homes and visit with families that are in crisis. When someone's in the hospital and they're sick with cancer or on their deathbed, the elders are there to pray with them and anoint their heads with oil. The elders are there at our celebrations, our graduations, our births. They're there at our funerals and our deaths. And the elders' job is that they're called to be in the lives of the church that they serve. And now you see why that job can be really tough. They're called to be in the lives of the members, of the sheep, to care for them. What else? Is the job of an elder. So they're called to church, uh, care for church members. They're also called to be the leaders of a church. They're called to be the leaders. Now, this model was very different, right? If you came from a Christian church background, the model that they use in most Christian church backgrounds is a senior pastor model, right? So that the guy that's preaching or maybe the founding pastor of the church is in charge and he has an elder board and that guy is able to tell the elders kind of what he wants done. 
But we're the church of Christ. We don't operate that way. We say our elders are the leaders. Barton W. Stone and Alexander Campbell come from a Presbyterian background. So if you think about it, we might understand where we come from just a little bit. Our elders, our six men are the leaders of this church. And I say that in the flesh because we know Christ is the leader of the church. Amen. But he's called these men to lead the sheep. So what do they do? Elders are called to oversee the health of the church and to make necessary changes in order to produce fruit. Now you see why this is a tough task. They're called to be or to have a pulse on the ministries within the church. That doesn't mean they're leading them, and they shouldn't. But they're called to have a, a pulse, a finger pulse, on, and, and to see what's going on with them. But thanks be to God that our elders, I see them outside mowing the grass from time to time because they have that type of servant heart. But they're, they're over the ministries, right? They have to have a pulse on the finances in the church to know what's going on with the finances. What about state regulations? They're involved in all of those things. They're, they're, they're looking after the care and overall care of the building. They're making sure doctrinally we're on the same page and they implement vision. Now, here's what you need to know. Does the Bible say that's all their duty? <laughs> no. That's not what Scripture says, right? But those are roles that... They have to oversee now because of the way we function within our church. And that's why the Lord says you got to have deacons. Amen. Right. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? And I would hope and pray here at this church that we would have more deacons than elders. And the reason why I say that is so that the elders can say to the deacons, you guys take these plans and you run with them. And help carry this burden. That's just me, though. <laughs> what else do elders do? They're called to protect the church. Elders are called to protect the church from Satan because Satan can't stand the fact that we're meeting here today. He can't stand it. And he clearly attempts to destroy the church. Well, how does he do that? Through disagreements. Brother is mad at other brothers. Sister so-and-so is upset with sister so-and-so. And those disagreements occur and there's problems within the church. And Satan is going, yes, I hope I get them. Satan attempts to destroy the church through false teaching. If I can get one little false principle in there, I can, I can work my magic is what Satan is thinking. You know how else he destroys the church? Through apathy. He says, if I can get a church to do nothing and to neglect the Great Commission, I got them right where I want them. And the elder's job is to say, hey, I'm protecting, we're protecting the church from all of that. And then what else? Lastly, practical knowledge. Scripture says that the elders are supposed to be examples to the church. And thanks be to God that we have six men that I think are amazing examples to our church. Our elders are called to be the highest examples of Christ in the church. They're called to model what Christian church or Christian love looks like to those inside and to those outside the church. They have outstanding moral character and love people deeply. And we should view them as mentors in our faith development. So when I think of Brother G. Wyatt Shaw, boy, he was a mentor to me. And I thank the Lord that I got to spend the time I had with him. So now, do you see why the job of an elder is really tough? And some of you who have been elders before, you're saying, Jason, you're missing out on an area. <laughs> or you're throwing an area in where that shouldn't be. Now, I'm not an elder, right? And I can't understand what the elders go through, but I'm just kind of giving you my... 
my thoughts on this. So take it or leave it, disagree with it, or agree with it. But it's tough. So the question is, as we close this morning, what is our response to our elders? Now that we know they do all of these things, what is our response to them? 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Did you not know that our elders are all men who have volunteered to serve the Lord by leading the church here? They have volunteered. And many of them work full-time jobs without receiving any pay from the church. And that's something that we always need to keep in mind. They have volunteered to do it, <laughs> right? So the question is, as we close this morning, what is our response to them now that we know all of this? Well, I think practically the things that we need to be doing as a church to support our elders is one, to pray for them often and to encourage them often. Our elders need our prayers and support. We should encourage them to stay the course because the burden gets very heavy at times, right? So when we see our shepherds in our daily walks of faith, make sure you pray for our elders, our six elders. Every day, whenever you're in prayer for our church, make sure you pray for those men. And when you see them, you go up and say, hey, you're doing a good job. Thank you for your service to this church. That goes a long way. Praying for and encouraging. What else? Present them with ideas and solutions. You know, everything's Obama's fault, right? Am I right? You stub your toe? That's Obama. Because <laughs> the curb is higher than what it should be. And the reason why it is is because the taxes and this, that, and So everything's Obama's fault, right? Did you not know in the church everything's the elder's fault? Everything, right? Right? There's water in the hallway. Somebody dropped a cup and there's water. Well, if the elders had a better plan on drainage in the church, then this wouldn't happen, right? I mean, so if you think about it, everything that goes wrong, we blame on the elders. And the thing that I want to say to you on this is that we got to, instead of burden them with the problems, let's come up with ideas and solutions on how to solve the things. And our shepherds, thanks be to God, are very approachable and they welcome fresh and new ideas and perspectives and we should help them help us. Amen? Right? Thirdly, what about this? Be patient and non-judgmental. Ooh, it got quiet on that one. You hit a nerve. <laughs> right? If everything in the church is the elder's fault, that tells us that sometimes we can be overly critical and judgmental. Right? Am I right about it? Or is it just me? And the thing that we need to remember is that if we're going to blame anybody, let's blame the Holy Spirit because he put him in charge, Right? So what we're really doing is we're fussing and blaming God, aren't we? And I don't know about you. I don't want to do that. Because you remember what happened in the Old Testament when people complained and fussed at God. <laughs> I'm just saying. So let's not be overly critical and judgmental, but be patient with them and realize that they're men with good intent and they need our prayer. And then lastly, what else can we do as we close? We can honor them. Any chance we get, we should honor our elders through submitting to them and through giving them our full support. 
And if we do that, we'll be a church after God's own design, and God will really bless this church. Our elders at points in this church have taken a beating, beating, because sometimes we turn into sheep with very sharp, sharp teeth. So in my encouragement to you as we kind of think about the role of the elders is that we love on them, we encourage them, and we pray for them, and thank the Lord that we have them. Amen. Amen. So what I want to do before we close this morning is I want to say a special prayer for our elders and for our congregation here that we would love on them and encourage them. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so, so much for the six men that you have called to be overseers of our church here. And Lord, we are so thankful that you have sent them here to be a part of our congregation and Lord, we know that they have a heavy burden and they have a very difficult and tough job. Lord, I lift them up to you. Give them a spirit of wisdom. Give them a spirit of patience. Give them the leadership abilities to help fruit to be produced here with regard to the Great Commission. And Lord, be with us as sheep. Help us to love our shepherds. Help us to not be overly critical and judgmental. Help us to be patient with them. Help us to encourage them. Help us to lift them up. Help us to present them with ideas and solutions. And help us to honor them any chance and every chance that we get. Lord, we lift them up to you and we say thank you for all of them. For Ken. For Don. For Chuck. For Mark for Coberto, and for Robert. We love them, Lord. We love you for giving the spirit to them and helping them to lead this church here. We lift them up to you today, Lord. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. As this morning, we have a song of invitation selected. If there is anyone here with a need, maybe you'd like to put Christ on in baptism this morning, we give you that opportunity. If you want to repent of your sins and you've been living a lifestyle that's contrary to the will of God, you come this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.